just wanted to remind you guys that the Football Index podcast is supported by footballindextrader.co.uk, the best site for in-depth scouting and trading strategy. The second half of the season can be tough to navigate with trends shifting and players going in and out of fashion quickly. If you don't always know what you are looking for or like most busy people lack the time to crunch the stats on every game, having Football Index Trader as your assistant manager can really help. His latest analysis on navigating the second half of the season has just been published, so it's a great time to join. And you can head over to his site now to find out more. So that's footballindextrader.co.uk. So as an exclusive offer for podcast listeners, you can give the site a try with a 25% discount on your first month with the code FIG25. So that's F-I-G-2-5. Hello and welcome back to the Football Index podcast, episode 121. Today I'm joined by footy trader Tom, who's got a bit of an interesting story. Tom, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Very well, mate. Very well. You've been on the index just over two months? Yes, correct. I think it was about the first week or two into December where I kind of started and created the Twitter account in, you know, in my attentions to kind of document my journey. So yeah, just coming up to two months, I'd say. Amazing. And why don't you give the listeners a bit of an overview about you and a bit about your background? So I'm 26. I'm from kind of Nottinghamshire and I'm a massive kind of football fan. I played at a very decent level when I was younger and then I had a really kind of self-inflicted injury. I've just kind of briefly gone over it. But basically what happened was there was a family barbecue we were very young. I was playing with my kind of nerdier cousin who was basically forced into having a kickabout and I pulled off three nutmegs on him. And obviously <laughs> that was getting quite the reaction from the other drunken family members. And then I stupidly went for a fourth, pushing my luck, and he just clattered me. He destroyed my knee. I tore my ACL. I just ripped tendons. It was just a really bad injury. Oh, um, so that basically, I went down there process that most young football players did I kept rushing my rehab I just wasn't listening and then all it was doing was inflicting further damage and it got to the point where I just literally couldn't play anymore there were several instances kind of past teenage years where I'd go for a five-a-side kickabout with mates and I'd literally turn and my knee would just collapse so it really got to the point where I was just had this love and passion for football and playing the game and it was just a case of when obviously you get into adult life that five-a-side match isn't worth risking having to tell your employer you need two to three weeks off because you've yeah. blown your knee out again. So I've very much been doing account managing for the past couple of years. And only until recently, I've been a, bit, a little bit miserable in a sense in terms of I was doing five, six day a week, 40, 50, 60 hour weeks, missing a lot of time with my kind of daughter and just doing all this work and it not going towards something that I felt was an end game really, or, or going towards an end game. Like I'm working my socks off for an employer who's barely even noticing. It's not going to progress me. I very much knew what the ceiling of the role was as well. And the utmost ceiling was years and years away. And if it was going to be years and years of this type of work and missing all these kind of family events, it was just a bit of an eye opener for me. So having started on the index, I was putting in my research and, and looking at youth to buy and obviously the dividend systems. And I was just having the most fun I'd had with something in a very long time because I was really able to invest myself. I mean, starting off, there's so much to learn about the index. So just from going, from not being able to kind of participate in football, my kind of 
main interactions with football. I'd, I'd watch a ton of it. And then naturally when I was watching it, I just thought, well, I might as well have a little bet on this. Or I might as well have a little punt on this. Unknown to me, there was just this platform which pretty much goes hand in hand with everything I love about football. So it was a big eye-opener for me. And I was coming away from work and I was doing this daily. And I was thinking, how can I move this? So this is what I do as a profession. So luckily, I've got a, a super supportive partner who I had a chat with. And there was an opportunity for me to take a night shift role doing three, four days a week, which then enabled me to be with my family a lot more. And it enabled me to then start working towards my scouting badges. So I've currently just completed my level one in talent scouting identification with the FA. And in the next couple of weeks, I'll be going to do my safeguarding course, which will then enable me to move on to do my level two and three. So yeah, this has all been kind of a very big transitional period for me and definitely got to give a little bit of credit to the index in terms of opening my eyes and saying, wow, there is ways I can be involved in the game and try pursue a career in it without obviously playing. And yeah, so so that's very much what's been going on in my life over the past couple of weeks, months. That is some story, mate. Congratulations, I guess, on the transformation. I wish you all the best with that. I'd love this to turn into some sort of life stories with Fig episode and we carry on talking about that. But That's the plan, that's the plan. <laughs> <laughs> One day maybe, but I think we'll... <laughs> no, that, I don't think that would get many listeners. I want to talk a little bit about the Football Index side of things, obviously. So joining two months ago, you've obviously seen a lot and you had to learn a lot, obviously. What would be some of your top tips for someone starting just today compared to your two months ago? My kind of top tips would be stick with it, really read and understand what you're getting yourself into. What was important for me is I really did my research before I kind of branched out and became a bit of a part of the Football Index Twitter community because on there it can be a little bit deceiving as to the the figures and results which kind of get shown and get a lot of attraction and retweets and likes. So I'd say do your own research. Don't kind of take someone else's advice. I mean, there's a lot of seasoned vets on Football Index, like, well, Big Dot. There's just a lot of them who I've seen on Twitter who have got kind of amazing accounts, uh, portfolios, sorry, which have been built up over a large amount of time. And obviously purchases have come before there's been a lot more traders come to the platform. So you can kind of see these pictures and think, wow, he's got on that for that. And now it's at this price. But what I would always just say is, Go on the actual Football Index website. They've got the Academy, which offers a lot of brilliant advice. YouTube and, and look into kind of Football Index. That's what I did. And that's kind of how I stumbled across, obviously, your channel and the content that you provide. And just if you're not enjoying it and if it seems like it's too much work and it seems like it's becoming a bit of a chore, then maybe kind of pursue something else. I think with the Index, it's imperative that you understand what you're actually getting into because Granted, there's a lot of different kind of methods where you can have a sit-back approach. You could put a grand into the big boys and, and very much sit back and come back to that in a six months or a year. And I'm almost certain you'd gained a bit of profit and you'll definitely have some dividends. Or you can be very hands-on and you can be kind of trading by injuries or you can be trading youth. So just kind of understand what method you want to approach the index with. Stick with that method. That's what I've done. In the early days, I was very kind of a bit swayed to pursue different kind of trading approaches just because I was looking at that football index hashtag on Twitter and I was seeing so much success from other traders in different areas. But obviously, that's because those traders have picked a method which suits their style. So for you to then go try pursue that style, it might not be compatible with kind of how much time you have to put into the platform. So just relax, just enjoy it. That's the main thing. Like if you have a real passion for football, 
I feel that you'll you'll absolutely love the platform. If you if you just love football and it's something that you enjoy watching, I think you'll love the platform. It is very unique. It's not like anything I've really encountered before, and I've I've said it many times. I just feel so silly for letting it kind of slip past me for so long because, <laughs> like I say, I've seen these kind of pictures on. I mean, I saw a fantastic one the other day. I can't remember who it was, but some geezer posted a picture where he was like, just logged into my account after four years. Yeah, I saw that one. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just, he picked up like Coutinho, I think, at like 30, 40p. And then he was at like 250 or something now. So just enjoy it. Don't be deterred from losses. And, and if you've had a bad few days, like luckily for me, I had a really solid kind of start to my time on the platform. And then I think much like everyone over the past few days to week, my portfolios took a little bit of a hit. Just don't panic. Just kind of trust in the process and, and what you feel is going to get you into the green and, and get into the profit and just set kind of attainable goals, really. Like I say, if you look too much into other people's success, you'll kind of strive for that when other people's situations might be different. They might be showing you all of this, but they might not be showing you net deposits and how much time and how much money they're actually putting into this. So just kind of really study up on the academy, really look at obviously yourselves content and and other fantastic content out there, and then make a decision if you want to dive in and and get invested to, to what is such a brilliant platform. I think it's so true, right? The whole net deposits thing, but more importantly, the the time spent. I suppose not a lot of people calculate how well they do on FI compared to the, you know, opportunity costs compared to the time spent elsewhere. It's a tough thing to do and also compared to how well the market is doing. So it's definitely something to keep in mind. We do have a lot of questions though, Tom. So I do want to yeah, push of forward. course. Just before we do that, sorry, can I say thank you as well? Because there was several times where you obviously wanted to get me on this and I had a few things pop up. So thank you for just kind of sticking with me and, and rearranging it. I really appreciate that. No, no worries. I mean, the, the show is booked till... I guess, like early April now. So just a couple of things to rejig and, and you were back in. It was fine. Absolutely no worries. First question we got from TallBobFI. Sad that I may know this, but is that original picture from an Emmerdale episode? So this was the picture that Show Pony Matt made where it was me interrogating you in a police cell, <laughs> which was quite funny, but I've never seen Emmerdale. So I'll let you take this one. Well, yeah, no, love the Photoshop. Show Pony, fantastic job. That's what I was most looking forward to, really, seeing how I would be interpreted on my kind of Photoshop. But I'm very much in the same boat. I watched Emmerdale because I was made to watch Emmerdale by my mum. And then as soon as I was able to not watch Emmerdale, I stopped watching Emmerdale. Yeah, I remember a few things. I always remember some guy, I think his name was Marlon or something. The program would always set unrealistic expectations because Marlon wasn't the best of lookers, but every episode he'd be end up pulling up some worldy. And it, yeah, I remember the dingles and I remember a few things, but like I say, as soon as I could stop watching all the soaps, because we had the triple threat in my house, we had the Emmerdale, the Standards, Coronation Street, and hell, even some days she'd chuck Home and Away in there and, and <laughs> Neighbours and stuff like that. So it was very much, uh, I was very much happy to kind of move away from watching Emmerdale. But uh, there's a lot of fans out there, just unfortunately I'm not one of them. <laughs> I think Till Bob may be a fan there then. Um, before we get into some serious questions, Thanks very much for all the reviews. Hit 200 now on the Apple iTunes store. So if you guys haven't already left one and you are enjoying the podcast, please do leave that review on iTunes or the Apple store. Really helps me out a lot. 200 so far. Next next goal, I guess, 250, 300. That'd be amazing. If you guys haven't checked out my YouTube channel, then have a 
go look over there. Just type in Football Index Guide on YouTube. I just released episode eight, season two of the Bank Builder series. And the latest episode of the Figcast was with FI Matrix, who I really enjoyed the chat. She talks a lot about kind of the responsible gambling side of things and kind of also getting behind the product rather than getting behind your own agenda on Football Index. But obviously, Tom, the kind of headline story was that you have been on the platform for about two months. So unsurprisingly, a lot of the questions were about you and your kind of journey up until now. Dazzler FI says, welcome to the index. What, if any, were the blockers that might have stopped you joining? And then he says, what has been the most surprising thing about the index since he joined? I think what stopped me, I remember checking out the index, what must have been kind of pre-share split prices. Because I remember kind of looking at the platform, just being a little bit intrigued. I can't remember. I think it was that famous John Motson advert. Because I just mm. everyone loves John Motson. <laughs> so I just remember seeing the advert, looking into it a little bit further. And then at the time, obviously, the share prices per player was really high in comparison to what they are now. So I just kind of saw that. And just thought, ah, I'll maybe come back to it at a different time. But it was actually the pitch side ads which rejogged my memory in December. That's what kind of got me back onto the platform. So, yeah, that's what made me come back and what happened beforehand and why I didn't kind of look into it any further previously. Being a big, obviously, football fan, for me, there's just something very special about being able to kind of put the work in do your own kind of research and take a punt on a player instead of obviously what I was more used to, which was kind of traditional match betting. So yeah, that's how I've kind of ended up being here. And that's why I wasn't here a little bit earlier. And don't worry, I'm always kind of kicking myself for not for not jumping on a lot earlier. Yeah, I think it's always the case. We all wish that we started earlier. You know, I, there was over 2000 people before me. I wish I was earlier. I mean, the person who joins as the millionth user is going to wish they were the, the hundred thousandth and, and so on and so forth. I think the point is that the periods of growth that we've seen in the last two years have been the biggest in the last year and so on and so forth. I think people are making more and more in terms of the margins that are at play at the moment that people were making, say, three years ago. So I think the kind of early user thing gets thrown around a lot where I I don't know if it's that important. It's still risk reward. I think a lot of people say, oh, it's, it's not your money, is it? Well, I mean, at the end of the day, if it's there and if it's withdrawable, then it's gambling or whether it's not gambling, you know, you should treat it not as your own money, as as kind of like your net worth or whatever. But, you know, I think people that kind of say, well, I don't have any net deposits and there's still 10 grand there. I'd hazard a guess that they'd be upset if that just disappeared. So uh, of course. <laughs> it's definitely something to think about. Absolutely. And then in terms of what's been most surprising, I'd probably say the sheer amount of promotions they've kind of pushed this month. I think it's obviously been a big talking point with a, with a lot of people, especially on Twitter. And I think it's fantastic. And this is the thing, kind of in the build-up kind of from December to January, the buzz was very much what are they going to do, what are they going to do for new traders. And everyone was really eager about these new methods of making money or this new promotion that they're going to release. And then when Football Index tried to do that, granted they've, they really haven't done it in the most organic way, they critiqued on it fairly heavily. So that's what was most surprising for me, just the amount that it was almost as if it hit a certain day in January and they kind of hit a big green button, which was right, go, go, go. Because it was just thing after thing after thing. So that really surprised me because I didn't expect to have that much to learn in terms of promotions from a platform like Football Index. And especially kind of in January, which was touted as a, a very big month for new traders. I very much thought they'd do something like a net deposit for everyone, Q3 
keep things really simple and basic to not overcomplicate it. But obviously they couldn't do that with the transfers. So I thought the transfer kind of promotion was an interesting one. Yeah, that's what was most surprising for me, how much they've really pushed in this first month or so that I've been on the platform. I think the announcement stuff we're going to probably touch on in a bit, aren't we? Because there were a few questions about yeah, that. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to be a topic we keep going <laughs> over and over. Definitely. FI Pirate, he says, I, Tom, I'm interested to know what is currently driving new users to the platform. Have you been drawn in by the fun of the format as a big football fan, the chance to test your football knowledge in a different way, or perhaps get rich quick mentality, which many people are currently promoting on social media? So I'd probably say what drove me to the platform was chance, really. Like I say, I saw the billboard, the ads by the side of the pitch during a certain game. And I, before, I've been very vocal, I was very much a traditional better. It was actually out of annoyance, really, because I bet a lot on RAB, so requester bets. And there was several times where basically Skybet, they bend the rules to kind of suit them. There were so many times where a corner had been given, but the whistle had been blown, or there was a shot on target, but they didn't defy it as a shot on target. And I just thought, if this is the way the direction traditional betting is going towards, where there's lots of markets to bet on, and there's lots of new things to explore, but those markets are going to be dependent on kind of optostats and Skybet deciding if they're going to honour the actual bet. Because I remember there was instances, I think it was last year in the World Cup, where Ericsson had got a clear shot on target and then it took about four or five (laughs) days after the fact for Skybet to actually pay out on that. It was just a case of, I can't remember actually what it was, what kind of certain incident annoyed me enough for me to, but it all very much lined up. I remember it happening. I remember the next day me going, right, I don't want to put any more money in my Skybet account because it was a very dubious kind of call. I remember that. And then I saw the Football Index advertisement and clicked on it and then with very much my current state of mind and wanting to get into back into football, this was very much a, wow, there's so much to learn here. It's all football orientated. So yeah, that's how I kind of got driven to the platform by sheer chance, really. Obviously, what came with that was the chance to test my football knowledge. And I really love that. It's very much you deciding, right, this is the player that I think is going to really excel, whether that's in terms of cash appreciation, it'll be double his price in a year or so or six months or so or whether you think he's going to rake up racking his price in dividends so yeah it's it all kind of goes hand in hand really but the get rich quick mentality which i do see a lot promoted on social media that never kind of enticed me because i knew to pursue that kind of strategy you needed a large investment to kind of start with and again that's what we kind of touched on about being completely transparent about these things because I mean, even today, I mean, if you click on the Football Index hashtag, you'll always see people going, hi, anyone use Football Index? Anyone got any comments on Football Index? And people are always very quick to put the all-time profit emails up there and stuff like that. But what goes into getting that profit could be thousands and thousands. And that person asking may just be someone who was very much like myself, who was putting maybe 20, 30 pound a week into traditional betting and is now kind of transferring that or wanting to transfer that over to the platform so I think get rich quick sure you could definitely do it I mean if you put a wedge into Bruno Fernandes at the start of this month I'm sure you'd be very rich by the end of it but have you got the tools to facilitate that I don't think Football Index is kind of there to get rich quick I think it's very much a long game or or for a lot of people it's a long game because again when I did my research and even recently if you go on the Football Index hashtag you've got people saying wow 
paid off my mortgage, buying a villa and, and, and all sorts. So, but these are people who have kind of traded over time and over a certain period. So I don't really believe there is a get rich quick mentality unless you have a incredible amount of luck in your very early days like if you buy someone for 50p and then all of a sudden they rise to like 250 three pound and even then you'd need an incredible amount of shares in your portfolio yeah i I think you've summed up really well actually the the kind of usp of fi is that long-term bet and i think a lot of people eventually stray that kind of way you're always going to have people that really prefer just trading in and out positions really fast and that's always going to be the case. And with order books, there's going to be more and more of those people in the future. I mean, we've got some questions about order books down the line, but Filthy Index here says, uh, as a new user, how difficult have you found the three promotions in January to get used to? So the £500 losses refunded, the transfer dividends and the super match days. I won't lie. I have found them hard at times to wrap my head around. But luckily, I have kind of the, the Football Index community on Twitter who always break things down fantastically. I obviously did my own research at first and I was pretty sure on what the promotions were, but then I obviously looked at you and and other accounts to just kind of clarify that. Again, it's great that obviously Football Index are looking to give us all different avenues to make money because I think that's fantastic. But just to do kind of three in a very short period of time when this is a period which you're very much aware you're going to get a lot of new traders to the platform, I just felt they really overcomplicated it and they should have really maybe just introduced a transfer one because I feel that was very much a test to see, right, will this work? Is this something we can implement over every transfer window? So I thought maybe just introduce that one and then keep it with your bread and butter, keep it very basic for all these new users. But no, yeah, I, I was kind of blown away a little bit that they put so much, they introduced so many different promotions in January. Did it put you off? It got to a point where what put me off was kind of the bickering about it. And that's where I stepped away from Twitter for a few days and kind of just did my own research onto it. It didn't put me off as such because, like I say, I saw it from a different angle. I saw it from, right, this is a company who are very much building up to have a flagship year, as they keep kind of saying. They're going to be pushing a lot of marketing. They're going to be going into different countries. So I feel like when this new year came around, they were just all ready to go, guns blazing. And it did put me off a little bit, but in the sense that, right, hang on, guys, let me just kind of understand this one before you introduce another one. Let me actually have a period of time where I can kind of get comfortable with what this promotion is before you kind of throw another one at me and do those promotions kind of cross each other. And it did put me off a little bit, but then again, I saw kind of, the honesty in it and that was that they're just trying to create new methods for us to make money so you've got to appreciate that they want to introduce these things but it's just yeah i I felt that was a really odd strategy to do all three in such a close time frame especially when you're going to have so many new people come to the platform that's well said to be fair i think there was a lot of complaining but i suppose when you've been on for a longer time and you've never seen anything like it i think that kind of emotional visceral reaction is probably more natural and kind of I guess expected to some extent because I think if you're looking at this company and you're expecting them to act more and more professionally as they go along and then there are these kind of offers that seem kind of mistimed, poorly done, sometimes the wording's incorrect in the T's and C's etc. It just creates more work for them but it also means that it's kind of embarrassing for you as a user if you're on it and say you told your friend last week, and I'm sure you've, you've told loads of friends about FI, 
and they join and they're like, oh, what is this? Like, what's going on? And you're just like, I mean, this is just how it is. This is kind of normal for FI. So obviously my knowledge for FI basically spans from December of last year. So when I obviously saw the whole community go up in an uproar over that typo, has there been lots of typo, you know, on the, the 130 giver? Yeah. Again as well, so bizarre. You've just hit 150 footy. Why are you doing 130? <laughs> like, I really wish there was just a way you could ask them straight sometimes. Like, what was the thought process behind this? Like, oh, we've hit 150 footy. Okay, right, let's do 130. Oh, right, okay, I'll sign off on that. Has this very much been a pattern? Because like I say, I, I, I see a typo as a bit of an honest mistake, but how people reacted, it made me think, have they done lots of typos yeah. in the past? Like, Because people really were upset over a typo. <laughs> and I was kind of like, Jesus, like, this is probably one chap who's working in the office who's having to do all these three promotions, all the paperwork and kind of market it behind them. And he's made this tiny little mistake, but I didn't wade into it because like I say, I've not been trading on it and I've not been familiar with the platform for that long. So maybe there's been lots of typos in the past, but uh, yeah, there was I can confirm there has. <laughs> all right. Okay. It makes a lot more sense. So a lot then. of typos in the past and also just kind of confusing terms and conditions that traders haven't been able to easily digest. But I suppose you make a very good point, Tom, because for me, I look at it and I'm like, that's ridiculous. Like how have they done it again? But I guess most new users like yourself will just be like, oh, you know, that's that's a mistake. You can only judge a book by what you're seeing in front of you, I guess. And for us, yeah, as older users, we've seen and digested all this information in the past, which hasn't been up to scratch. For you, it's like, okay, well, that's not great, but I can't really judge them based on this one mistake. Absolutely. Like I say, for me, when I was seeing the general reaction over a typo, I kind of got the instinct that, okay, this must have been a serial repeat offence by Football Index that they've constantly done stuff like this for the community to be in that much of a bit of an uproar over a typo very much have must come from a place where, right, oh my God, this is happening again. So yeah, I could definitely see it from both sides as well there because if I'd been on Football Index as long as some people have that I know from Twitter and little things like this were still happening at a time which is very much, I think, being described as a, a massive year for Football Index. And I'd also be upset with it because you are investing in the players, but you're also investing in the platform. Mm. And like I say, Football Index is very word of mouth as well. It's a very big talking point. I mean, even on the night shifts that I've kind of moved on to since I've started to do my scouting and move away from the office job, it's something that I've spoke to people about. They've looked into it and it's a real great topic of discussion. So. I could understand it from both sides. Obviously, as a new user, I saw it as, Christ, this is just a typo. What's the big deal? But then knowing, obviously, what users told me and then knowing people are really passionate about the platform and have been on the platform for years and just not seeing it get to the potential that it could reach, I can see it from both sides. Mm. But yeah, thank you for clearing that up because I just thought, no I, I thought everyone was really <laughs> angry about grammar. So after that, I was kind of checking all of my tweets like, right, I don't want to set everyone off on this. Football Index Italy has a question here. In addition to this question, to the question we just asked prior, as many traders on FI Twitter always mention, have you ever felt like being put off from trading on FI due to the complexity of its rules? Me personally, no. So I started in December and then I told, I kind of got accustomed to the platform and was confident enough to maybe suggest it. So I suggested it to a friend who joined, I think, early January. He's already left now just because he was doing traditional betting, ACAs, requested bets. 
And then I told him about this and he wanted to have a little go at it. I think he invested about four or five hundred pounds and then he was gone. He felt there was too much to digest. He didn't feel like he had the time to invest into the platform properly. And obviously when he's getting all these marketing emails about you got your transfer promotion, the net loss promotion, there was just a lot to digest. (laughs) And he was just, for the traditional better, you've got to realize that their attention it spans for a 90-minute period most of the time. They'll know that a game's on at quarter to eight at night and they'll know, right, I need to sit and watch this game and keep an eye on my bet to keep an eye on the cash out or to keep an eye on what's happening in that game. Whereas Football Index is very much, depending on the method you're going to trade at, it's a lot of time that needs to be invested, even to the point where checking Twitter and, and checking transfers and checking injuries and, and all sorts of things, really. Like yesterday, if you didn't have Twitter, you'd be very late to the news about Dembele re-injuring himself at Barcelona. And on a football index platform, you, you could have potentially took a hit for that. So for me, the complexity is part of what I enjoy about the index, really. Not these all these promotions being thrown at me, but the actual learning about the dividends at the start was fascinating to me because that was the thing as well. When I joined the index, I had no idea. They don't really make you aware of the dividends during kind of the the adverts or or the marketing or the promotion. And that's quite surprising for me because it is a very big part of the platform for a lot of people. So when I initially joined, I literally thought it was just you buy shares and it was a kind of a cash appreciation sort of platform where you'd pay for the player and then you'd anticipate them rising. So when I came on and learned all about dividends, it was very surprising for me, but welcomed again because it's just more way to make money. So for me, the complexity is what kind of intrigued me. Like I kind of touched on, I'd been doing a, a very strenuous job for a long period of time and had no joy in it. So as a huge football fan and, and finding something like this, which is just the wealth of knowledge which you can go out there and explore, it was very exciting for me. So not obviously every new user is going to be like that. So I think I'm a little bit different in that sense. Mm. But for the other comparison, my mate who is the other side of that scale, like I said, just traditional better he jumped on it because I was saying great things about it and he's already kind of packed up and left just because kind of what football in there Italy said, it is complex and there's just, because that's the thing as well, when you see these promotions, you know they're there to make money so you don't want to miss out on them but then it's a case that you might not have the time to really understand them or to really start trading towards a way which will make you profitable due to these promotions so I think he actually described it as too complex, too finicky, and he didn't have the time for it. Because like I say, he said to me, when I have a bet, usually I'm, I'm sat looking at my phone for 90 minutes and that's it. Whereas in my first week or two on Football Index, I was looking at Twitter to try to get advice. And then I was trying to do my own research and I was listening to podcasts. He was very much not prepared for, for the investment that kind of is Football Index. That's a really good summary and I love for you giving both sides of the coin there with your kind of like more football loving brain and then like your friend's gambling background. FI Lambings has a question here. Where do you feel FI excelled and fell down in the onboarding process? You mentioned there the dividends weren't (laughs) really uh, mentioned. He said definitely one for FI HQ to listen to. Yeah, I mean, I think they excelled what I put a tweet out because what really impressed me was for anyone who's thinking of signing up, if you do sign up, just make sure you opt in for marketing and postal marketing because I remember signing up and then within days, uh, I put it on Twitter, I believe, I received a very cool promotional pack. I mean, there was like a bottle opener in there, a a beer mat, stickers, a guide to Football Index. And that kind of 
personal touch really impressed me because obviously in the past I'd signed up to countless kind of betting accounts like Bet365, Skybet, and you never receive anything like that. So to then go to this new exciting platform and everything just seems amazing on it and then to receive a package like that, I thought that was a really nice touch. But then when I put it on Twitter, obviously, where's mine? I've been on a platform for three years and I've never received a, a bottle opener or anything like that. But <laughs> I thought they did that really well. Yeah, where they fell down, I feel, was, I don't know, maybe I haven't seen all the promotions, but I really don't feel that they cover dividends enough as another avenue for kind of profit. So I feel they fell down a bit in that sense. And then just general communication from Football Index, really. I find if you don't have social media, I feel a lot of the time you can be out the loop. Like, for example, my dad is actually on the index now. I got him into it because obviously when I couldn't play football anymore, we'd sit and watch matches and we'd share that passion together Mm. and we'd talk a lot about football. So when he saw how excited I was about this platform, I think he chucked me a couple hundred and said, hey, put that somewhere, enjoy it. And then after a week or two, he took over. But then obviously during the IPO madness, when the platform got taken down completely, he doesn't have Twitter. um, He doesn't have anything like that. So the only thing he has is his emails and Mm. nothing kind of went out to alert him that the platform had gone down. And I think even on Twitter, the only tweet that went out was by the support account, not even the main account. So the support account has like 10,000 followers and then it didn't get retweeted by the main account, which has like 50k followers. So yeah, it was very bizarre because I just remember him ringing me and going, what's what's happening? I was like, what do you mean? He's like, I can't buy anyone. I can't do anything. I was like, oh yeah, if you're not forgetting he's not got an iPhone or anything, did you not get a push notification or anything like that? Because I'm not sure I did. I just knew about it from Twitter and obviously just knowing that an IPO was about to happen and it's basically a, a, a toss of a coin really as to is it going to just completely shut down the platform <laughs> or is it actually going to tick along nicely? So the marketing that they did was a really nice touch, especially with the the welcome pack. But then where they fell down was just general kind of communication. And then things could be a little bit more polished and cleaner, I think. Like, it really kind of bugs me about the biographies and the little tab next to it where it's meant to be a little bit of a... such low-hanging fruit, isn't it? Yeah, it's like, if you're not going to do the... I can't remember what it's called now, but it's the little area where they... Some players have a little paragraph about, oh, he he had a great tournament in 2008. So if you're not going to do that for every player, or if you're not going to update them, then just just remove them, really. Because on first impressions, when you start on the platform and you think, oh, wow, here's a little prospectus, I think it's called. You click on that and it's blank mm. or it's completely outdated from two, three years ago. I remember reading the Hazard one and thinking, what? what? I think Hazard is quite outdated. So yeah, just little things like that. I think they fell down in the fact that they could polish the platform so easily with little things like that. And then they excelled in the fact that they they did really good marketing. And again, I feel the promotions that they're trying to put out there, for me, they're excelling in that because they're they're trying to make more ways for us to make money as traders. They fell down in the end because it's just been so complicated. But I still give them credit for for looking at new ways to make the platform kind of fresh and and new for, for some of the older heads. And then obviously, it's exciting for new traders as well. But ups and downs, really. Some really good answers there, mate. FI Headhunter, well, it wouldn't be a podcast without one of his questions. What have you enjoyed the most and the least about your time on the index so far? Most, I'd probably say is, like I touched on at the the start of the recording, it was, Football Index has very much been an eye-opener for me in terms of 
I was out of the game. I couldn't play the game uh, for the risk of having to take time off work. And as I'm very much an adult now with a daughter and a family that depend on me, it just wasn't worth the risk anymore. So football was in my life in terms of me watching it with my dad and then me just betting on kind of, well, I'd be watching football a lot. And then when I was watching football a lot, I'd then go and put a little bet on. To then come onto this platform and just have this sudden euphoric feeling that, wow, there's so much to learn. I'm loving this. But obviously, it's a gamble. Uh, and that's what's the most important thing to remember. It's a gamble, this platform. So I thought, right, how can I take this passion, what I'm feeling for Football Index, and how can I put that into a career? Or how can I pursue that in a way that I can make that my job? Because to make the Football Index platform your job would take a lot of investment and you'd have to be on the platform for a decent period of time before you took that jump. So naturally, I thought, well, what am I enjoying the most about the index? And for me, it was scouting young talent, which I feel in two to three years could really excel in some of the bigger teams and bigger leagues. So I thought, right, well, if you're loving that, what is that? Fundamentally, that is scouting. So I then looked into scouting. I've got friends at my local town's football club, Mansfield, who kind of have a bit of a foot in the door of the club. So I went and spoke to a few people. And it was really eye-opening for me. And I've started to do my scouting badges. That's what I've enjoyed the most about the index, the fact that it's kind of opened my eyes to what I want to do. And that's very much get back involved with football from kind of the other side of the, well, the side of the pitch, which is scouting and coaching and development, really. So that's what I've most enjoyed about it, the eye-opening experience, which was, right, this is what you actually want to do. And then since I've known that and since I've been working towards my scouting badges I've been a lot happier like I say I'm literally just doing two three nights a week doing nights now so very kind of basic work but I'm enjoying it because I know when I finish for the week I can then go on to studying towards my scouting badges and what I'm actually working towards is giving me that kind of purpose so that was a big factor when I started very early on I got on a Minamino I think that's how you pronounce it so obviously I think I got an him about 70p and it must have been a couple of days before the crazy out of the blue Liverpool links. And he rose to like £2.40, £2.50, I think. And then I sold about two twenty, two thirty. So that, for me, I think I was very lucky in that sense because I'd watched a lot of him in the Champions League. I really liked him. And then when I'd started on the platform, when I was looking for players who I felt were close to getting a big move, not I didn't think Liverpool would come calling. <laughs> But for me, he was one of the first that I thought, oh, he's a fantastic player. He's sub one pound, so I'll invest in him. So then to see him so rapidly shoot up in price and go to from 70-odd P to £2-odd, £2. 250 it was, um, it was a real eye-opener for me in terms of what my kind of approach, what results it can achieve. So those two kind of things of what I've enjoyed the most so far. What I've least enjoyed, I'm not sure really. Like I said, I've had a very smooth start. I think I touched on it before we started recording. I've not really incurred any big loss. Well, until this week, I think everyone's had a bit of a hit this week. It seems to be the general feeling on Twitter that the markets took a bit of a hit. But yeah, I've not had too many. Oh, IPOs. There we go. (laughs) It's probably a natural answer for many people. (laughs) I tried to get on the Tanganga. I can't remember. I don't know. I'm not going to try to butcher his name. But the Tottenham centre-back. I tried to get on that IPO. Dr. Duber tried to warn me, he tried to say, don't get involved in IPOs, because I put the tweet out fishing for a bit of advice, like, what's the deal of IPOs then? And then Duba straight away was just like, don't do it, just leave it, Just you'll regret it. And then I think an hour later, I replied to his tweet saying, yeah, I, I should have listened to you, because 
it was just, yeah, it was, it was really frustrating because the chance to get on the player, this initial offering was really exciting to me, especially a player which I felt for the price they were going to introduce him, he could increase. So to then just, I don't even think I got it. I think during the, that IPO was when the traffic was just too much. So you could get on the site, but then it wouldn't load properly. So yeah, that's what I'd probably say about my least enjoyed about my Taiwan <laughs> index. And that being IPOs, just because there's been a lot of players that have been introduced via IPO since I've started that I would have loved to get on if it was a smoother process. Like the young lad at PSG, another name I'm not going to try say because I'm sure I'll butcher Adelish, it. Adil Ashish, I think. Ashish, uh, I think like that. that's the one. Yeah, something like that. We'll go with that. I really wanted to get on him just because of how I knew my last experience when I didn't go for the IPO. But I was kind of kicking myself because then I, I think Jude Bellingham, I think he went just before. He did and it was completely fine. Yeah, and it was really smooth. So I remember just not being set up to do it. And I think, ah, oh, trust it work on the one day that I'm not able to do it and the one player that I really want to get. And then obviously <laughs> I shouldn't have held my breath because then obviously it just completely imploded on itself. But I was really happy because after, I still think something went wrong there because after... He was still at a relatively, I think I got on him at around 185, which I feel is a fantastic prize for that player because he's one that I very much, I remember him catching my eye. I think it was the under-18s tournament last year or the year before, and he had a fantastic tournament. So naturally, when I started on the index, he was one that I kind of looked for, not being aware that all kind of players aren't on there. So when I saw his name and him getting introduced, I was excited, but then I remembered how bad the Tangango, whatever his name, experience was. (laughs) And then Duba's advice. So I just sat back, kind of saw it all explode. And then afterwards, he was uh, really cheap still. So I, I don't know. I think there's something a little bit bizarre about that IPO because even to this day on Twitter, you still see a lot of people kind of shocked at the price he's at. So that was the bad part for me, that the IPOs. And if I would say anything to new users, it would be maybe you just don't get involved. Well, I think IPOs have very much been put on the back seat now until who knows when. But yeah, just that was a real letdown for me because it was a really exciting that when I was reading about it and learning about it, it was really exciting for me. Here's the initial offering. You can get in at a set price. And then it was just something that really intrigued me. So for that concept, which I think was brilliant to then experience what I did, like I say, it was enough to make me think, right, I really want this chap, but I'm not going to get involved in that again because it's just going to annoy me. So that's what I've least enjoyed, the, the IPO headache. And then, of course, you just have to see Twitter after <laughs> IPOs, which is just, it's just a bit brutal Not a fun as well, place, so. is it? Not yeah, a fun place. No, and I'm it's... sure a lot of people would put IPOs in their kind of bottom three worst things. But it I... did make me laugh, though, because the day before, you've got, right, we're releasing Jude Bellingham. Right, we don't think we should release him because we're not quite, we're not 100% that this is going to work. I can't believe you're not releasing him. You've told me this, you've told me that all right, guys, let's release him then. And then it breaks after they, they kind of knew it was going to break. <laughs> and then everyone's in an uproar. So it's just like, that's what makes me laugh about social media. You can never really please people. I think to be fair to them, and to, actually to be fair to us as traders, the customer's always right to an extent whereby, you know, there are people who are saying don't. The issue I have, and I'm sure a lot of traders have also, is that there is no line in the sand. There is no look, we're going to stop IPOs until NASDAQ come in and we actually fully integrate that system. There's no, hey, you know, bear with us. We know sometimes it's going to go wrong. But for the 
health of the platform and the avoidance of like over saturation and making those players very bubbly that are currently on the platform already. We need to keep IPO players. Whatever it is, traders don't know where they stand. And I think that's frustrating yeah. to them. And so then there's people who are like, well, stop IPOing. And then there's people who are like, when are IPOs going to start? There is no line in the stand for people to kind of get on with. And I think Adam Cole, for all the criticism he endured for that Q&A, and I didn't like some of the answers, but at least it gave some clarity as to, you know, media buzz won't be looked at till next season. There will be a dividend review in August, etc. So that would be my comment, I guess. But we've got a question here from FI Gardener, who, again, loves asking questions and loves posting about gardens and hedges and so on and so forth. I saw the, uh, the FI oh, guy's hedge that he that's did. amazing. <laughs> what a legend. Yeah, I need to get that framed in my room. <laughs> that's when you know you've made yeah. it and you've, got, <laughs> and you've got a hedge with your channel's name on it. Yeah. So congratulations. Jeez, thank you. That's kind of how I've uh, you know, measured my success. <laughs> did you set yourself any targets when coming onto the index? And if so, has a month of trading changed your opinion on what is achievable on the platform? No, I didn't really set myself any targets obviously not to be a loss was just kind of the fundamental target that i set but the only target i set was to have fun with it to enjoy it and like most things if it becomes strenuous or if it becomes starting to feel like a chore or a hassle to step away from it so i've just set my very basic rule sets that i have that apply to most things really so no i've not got any kind of roi targets or anything like that obviously i want to be in the green but for me, it's still very much a learning process at the moment. And I think maybe after the six-month mark, when I'm really acquainted with the platform and I'm really used to the ins and outs, well, I say when I'm used to, with all the promotions they get introduced, who knows if I'll ever be truly on top of what Football Index is. But maybe down the line, I'll set some kind of solid targets in terms of like a, to a monetary value. But as of right now, my only target is to just enjoy it, take my time with it, and have fun. What I like about the index is the community as well. There's a lot of people who I've kind of spoke to on Twitter who I feel are fantastic people who have fantastic accounts. So a lot goes into that for me. So no real kind of solid targets as of yet, just to enjoy it and very much enjoy the ride that is Football Index. Mm. Before we move on to some more questions, just need to remind you guys that the show is sponsored by Index Gain. So they're basically a third party data provider for Football Index, and they've also got an awesome community on the Slack app. Basically, they've got this amazing data platform where you can cross-compare past PB scores, look at how many times a player has scored over, say, 180 points or 200 points or whatever. You can look at a certain player's past PB scores, their dividend yield for the season, and so much more. There's the infamous portfolio tracker as well that I don't use, but everyone seems to love. So I seem to be the minority of that one, where you could basically put down all the players that you own and get notifications for them based on, you know, an hour's worth of price movements, 24 hours worth of price movements. So you don't even need to uh, actually open FI to see what's going on. And if you've got a really big portfolio and you're struggling to really keep track, then that can really help you. So if you guys are interested in that, head over to indexgain.co.uk. You can use the code FIG2020 for £5 off your first month or even better, if you go for their semi-annual plan, so that's six months, you get one month free, then another £5 off with the code FIG2020. So that's FIG2020 on indexgain.co.uk. So we've got a question here from Mel for Bill Index MJ, MDJ rather. I think I always miss the D there. 
As a new user, what makes the platform sticky for you and how do you think it could be even more sticky in the future? FI Guide, your thoughts on stickiness are also welcome. I kind of said that and then realized it sounded wrong. Tom, <laughs> go on, why don't you answer this one? I think naturally just my kind of passion for football, specifically kind of the football inside that plays into the football index. So I think naturally having that, and like I say, for me, it's very much been years of just wanting to get back into the game. So being unable to do that and then finding something which has really reignited that love for football and keeps me busy is something that's obviously going to make me stick with the platform. Being able to make money doing that as well, for me, that's fantastic. What would make it more sticky? It's going to sound stupid, but introduce maybe some more stable promotions that some really straightforward ones. Like I know a lot of people have been touching on like team of the month or top team from the top five PB leagues. I think Skybet nail it. They have the five pound club or whatever it's called. If you deposit or if you spend over a certain amount every week, you get credited a five pound free bet. Stuff like that, I think, is what keeps people over time. It rewards you for continuous investment into the platform. So something like that. But whether that's as easy to do on a platform like the Index, I don't know. But obviously, if there's more ways to make money, that's fantastic. Just perhaps introduce them slowly, gradually, a little bit more straightforward. Like I say, I see a lot of fantastic kind of memes on Twitter at the moment with the kind of super point system and people still not knowing what is quite going to give them in terms of investment back. So I just think being a big fan of football, having a big gap in my life where the only fill of football I was getting was from watching games to then suddenly have this platform where it's allowing me to study football again daily, watch games with purpose. Like I love watching League One, like Leon at the moment, they've got such a fantastic young core. So for me, I'm enjoying watching the game and I'm enjoying going to my portfolio based on watching that game because I'm seeing these amazing players progress in terms of ability, and I'm seeing that reflect in my portfolio. So I think that's the stickiness for me, to make it more sticky, just more straightforward promotions. Like It doesn't have to be so complex. It can be just like, a lot of people spoke about the net deposit. I really think they should have just done that in January as a, hi everyone, welcome new users. A lot of the time, if things are, if it's going to require a lot of reading or a lot of studying, or if you have to ask someone once or twice, then it's probably too complicated. So they just need to dilute it down a little bit, make things a little bit straightforward. And I think that they'll have the year that they're kind of yearning for. And I think it will take off to another level soon. They just really need to polish up on a few things. Little things, like I say, I kind of touched on the biographies and the prospectus, but even like we touched on about the typos, just little things like that, which gives a really polished and, and smooth representation of the platform. I think that's what they could do to create even more stickiness. Yeah, I think their retention is probably a worry for them. But I think what I've been impressed with is kind of being able to get guys that had an account two years ago that stopped using it back on the platform. A lot of people have reached out being like, hey, already got an FI account, but haven't used it for a couple of years, didn't even deposit any money in it. Seems to be interesting me now. How do I use it? What is it? What do I do? Which is super positive. I think for me, kind of understanding what, users and traders want more is going to go a long way for FI. And I know as a small startup, you have priorities, but keeping that customer feedback loop, no matter if you're two people or 2000, is super important for any platform and any product. So that would be my thing in terms of making it more sticky for traders is one, giving like clarity and that kind of line in the sand that I talked about, let people know where they stand, whether they like it or not. 
you'll be surprised if you kind of just like be upfront to some extent and kind of say, okay, look, we're going to be reviewing dividends on this date every day or on these four dates a year, positions will change or can change, etc. All those things in the short term, they might hurt people a little bit, but they're like, oh, I'm a bit kind of ruffled by that. But the long term, knowing where you stand, I think is so important. But Chemo20 from the forum has three questions here, Tom. I'd love for you to give just a 60 to 120 seconds on each. Yeah. Because I know we're running over, aren't we? Like nearly an hour now. He says, just over a month into your index journey, have you, one, decided on your trading strategy? So why don't you go ahead and do that one first? Kind of, it goes hand in hand with what I'm working towards and scouting. So my trading strategy is very much orientated around youth. Not so much the next big thing, but who can get a move to a side where he could potentially be a constant performer for them down the line. So yeah, I'm heavily invested in youth. Obviously, that was fantastic in December and early January. And now it's kind of due to recent promotions, youth is not obviously the big trend at the moment. It's kind of moved on to something else. So our portfolio is taking a little bit of a hit. But that's why I love investing in youth, because this is me very much saying, right, these guys, I see them as fantastic players for the next four, five, six years. I see them as key figures in big sides, big European sides, and for the national team. So Youth is very much something that I'll always be trading in. There's obviously other ones that I intend on exploring, but at the moment I feel other strategies, I just don't have the facilities to explore. Have you deposited all that you intend to? Yeah, so I think I set myself, initially when I came in, I think I set myself 500 limit. I think at the moment um, my portfolio is, I think it's about around just over the 1,000 mark. I think I'm about 1,000 deposited. and I think I've got about... Last time I checked, I was about 20% return. So I think my portfolio probably stands about 1,200, 1,300 at the moment. So yes, I've deposited what I intend to do and more. So yeah. Nice. Do you have an ROI target for one year from now? I think you kind of answered that already. No, no target. I mean, it's something I will set that because obviously I don't just want to trade carelessly without any real kind of goals or targets. I'm very much a target-oriented person. But for me at the moment, it's still a big learning process. So I don't want to set a target right now because that target with my knowledge just might not be, and with the trading method that I'll be taking, it just might not be attainable. So I don't want to set a target until I'm really comfortable in, right, this is definitely the the method of trading I want to abide by. And right, I fully understand the platform and all the ways that I can make money. So yeah, no target now, but down the line, I'll definitely be um, setting a target when I'm when I'm comfortable doing so. I like this. T- <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why this has got me so bad. Uh, Fi and tonic. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. And I thought that was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I've just seen that for the first time, and it's so stupid and silly, but I love it, uh, mate. Whoever you are, there's some great names. You've just on, done on me the right in there. Yeah, there is, but he's. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing so hard at that. This is, as a new user myself, how do you measure what success likes? This was actually, when I read it, my favourite question. But I just didn't realise who the, who the handle was. So at the moment with Football Index, I measure success in terms of how much fun I'm having and how much I'm enjoying it. It's a gamble, essentially, so it should all be in good fun. And I always try to remember that. A lot of people get taken away from the fact that a gamble is just meant to be a little bit of a period to just take you away from kind of your day-to-day doing so I measure success in terms of how much fun I'm having if I'm invested if I'm passionate about it I do at the moment like I say as I progress into the platform over a certain period of time I'm sure I'll start setting 
targets and measuring success in different ways. But as I'm very fresh and new, I just don't want to set unrealistic expectations or unreal targets, which just might not be attainable. So for me, success is very much measured in how much fun I'm having. And it's a lot of fun. Like I say, I'll find myself staying up till two, three in the morning watching some highlights from an under 17s game and I won't feel bad for it. Do you know what I mean? Whereas if like, if I'd stayed up till two, three in the morning, binge watching some Netflix series, I might then look at my phone and think, oh crap, how have I done this again? But I'll kind of look at my phone and be like, oh, it's two, uh, but I'm loving it. I'm, I'm loving what I'm doing and time flies when you're having fun. It's cliche to say, but success is measured for me in fun and how passionate I am about the platform. Mort here has a question to both of you. Why has this January been so terrible compared to last January? Too many promotions or maybe too many new traders making the index volatile? So obviously, Tom, you can't speak too much as to yep. what happened last January. But I was talking to FI Market Cap, looking at kind of the amount of money that's gone into the platform. There was £96 million pounds, or £93 million rather in the, the index at the beginning of the month of January. And in that January, there was £5.1 million pounds put into the platform. And now that number might be distorted due to IPOs and stuff, but it's not a small amount, even from a percentage standpoint. No. I think people were expecting bigger. That's why there is such a, a notion or a perception that it's terrible. Like I say, I can't really comment on it too much. But yeah, I think obviously if these users have been on the platform for a lot longer period of time than I have, they'll obviously be able to make that comparison. But yeah, it might seem like it's been worse or it might seem like it's been better. But yeah, I think that kind of, that obviously those figures that you just said shows it's not obviously as bad as it might seem. I just think with the promotions, it's probably seemed like a really hectic month for a lot of people. I feel like, as I said, in December, a lot of people were building January up to be this big flagship month and I feel like it hasn't gone the way a lot of people expected so that's why they might feel frustrated because it's not been fantastic in terms of how these things have been kind of rolled out and obviously these users are well aware that how impressionable these experiences can be for new traders so again I think it's just people having a lot of love and knowing how much potential this platform has and then seeing it just fall short a couple of times. I wouldn't be too worried. I did say that it'd be quite delayed on the last few podcasts, but we'll see. I mean, FI have got to sort a few things out and I'm sure that if the kind of marketing pushes continue, FI are at the stage now where we're going to see, I think, explosive growth in shorter spurts of time, but longer tail growth, if that makes sense. A lot of FI in the past has kind of been like steadily, slowly going up and then like big spikes for big chunks of time. I think we'll probably go up at like more of a, an incline with bigger spikes, if that makes sense in the future. That's just kind of my prediction, more of a gut feeling than anything else. But Bobby Axelrod has a question here. How much do you know about order books and how will it change the way you trade? Don't know a ton about order books. Just obviously I saw that lingo being thrown about in terms of resolutions to a lot of people who are raising issues in terms of pumping. That was obviously mentioned a lot on Twitter. So I looked into it. From what I learned about it, I'd say it would be a welcomed addition. I think it'll offer a bit of transparency in terms of this big pet peeve that everyone has about pumping because at the moment, I think on Twitter, there's some accounts who generally try to put out genuine information to, to try help. They've done their research and they're like, hey, this is someone. And then straight away, you just get called a pumper. So I feel that obviously order books will make that a little bit more transparent. It's not something I can speak on too much because I don't have too much knowledge about it. Just from what I read and what I looked into, I know 
yeah, I welcome it. I think it will be a welcomed addition. I like the fact that you'll be able to obviously list at a price you think suitable because mm. there has been times where I've obviously had a player and, oh, Christ, the spreads have been a bit <laughs> brutal. I don't know if that's like a common thing on Football Index where the spreads are quite large, whether it's just been something where there's been a lot of new people coming to the market, but there has been times where the insta-sell spread has just not even been worth looking at. And then the price that you could sell to market isn't appealing as well. So to have that option to say, right, I want to bump it up a couple of pence or lower it a couple of pence. Again, it's just something that's going to polish the platform, make it look a lot more professional from a trading aspect. So yeah, I welcome it. I think it'll be a welcomed addition. What do you think scares people about it? Or what would you say to people that are worried about it? About order books? Yeah. I'd just say that obviously... What it's going to be implemented to do is it's going to be put in there, obviously, to make it a lot more transparent in terms of... Because if I'm correct, you'll be able to... From what I read, you should be able to see who's listed and how much they've listed. I don't think you'll be able to see who, but you'll be able to see a order, if that makes sense. So that will remain anonymous, I'm, I'm presuming. Otherwise, it'd be, it'd be a bit weird. I don't think it would be like, oh, Tom has listed X at Y price and Fig has listed X at Y price, if that makes sense. It would just be the number that it's listed at, if that makes sense. Okay, interesting. Why people are scared of it, I'm not sure. Perhaps because it's change, Mm. and the way change has been implemented on this platform hasn't been the best. So obviously, they might just be a little bit worried that it's going to really cock up the platform again. And I think a lot of old heads who've been on the platform quite a while are worried that with the amount of kind of screw-ups over certain processes, that these do pile up, and these ones that might be catastrophic, and it might take away a big whale from the platform who's just had enough. So I think that's probably why people are scared, just because it's change. Mm. It's something new. It's something that obviously the platform has been going now for years. So it's something that they wouldn't be used to. And obviously people always get a little bit wary around change. But I'd just say embrace it. It's something that I feel I've noticed a lot of the accounts who kind of really take pride in their work in terms of like, putting out the spreadsheets or putting out these stat sheets for everyone to access to, a lot of them are really for it. So these are people that I think are really kind of clued on in terms of football index. So if they think it's a good thing and from doing your own research as well, that's all I could say. If you're worried about it, then just look into what an order book is and then think about how football index are going to implement it and then think why you don't think this will work. And then if you have legitimate reasons why you think it don't work then just feed it back to football index because that's the thing as well a lot of people they can take to twitter and they can put a tweet out slandering a promotion that hasn't gone right but you can put all these things in a formal manner to football index and then they can actually take it on board they can understand it i think a lot of people when they tweet about football index or when they put that football index hashtag I think they think that literally the Football Index team are checking it by the day, by the second, all the time to see what people think. Whereas if you actually just send it via the proper avenue, then your feedback will be noticed. And I know there's been people who have said they've done this before and they've never received a response, but I I can't talk on that because I've never had that experience. But yeah, if you've got true concerns about it, feed it back to them. Hopefully they'll take that on board. But yeah, I believe it's just change and obviously people get worried about change. And like I say, with the change that's been implemented prior on this platform, it's not always been the best. So that's what I'd say. Very interesting thoughts there. We've got a question here from, oh, well, it's a, it's a scouted account, scouting account here. Scout XD, I've been chatting to him recently as well. 
Isad, do you think FI will do anything for the Olympics as it features a lot of young, talented players? I don't think half of the players will be on the platform that will actually be participating in the games and the tournaments. Obviously, there'll be a handful. But, I mean, I was watching, I think it was Brazil under-21s very recently. I was watching them in the middle of the night and there's a lot of players who were catching my eye. And then, naturally, I'd go to the index to see if they were on there and a lot of them weren't. There was obviously kind of the big ones, the flagship ones. I can't remember his name. Uh, he's just moved to Real Madrid. Uh, there there was a couple on there. That's the one. And then obviously you've got like Martinelli and a few people. But I don't think for how many... Because I, I think the Olympic squads are made up of quite a lot of youth. And then you have like a few old heads in there. Like I know Brazil, Neymar is probably going to jump at it. So I just don't think... They might do like the bronze days still. They might offer that. I'd love them to offer a promotion because, like I say, Olympic football, a lot of the squads from what I remember at the last Olympics are very young players and then you have a few kind of older ones get chucked into the mix. But I'm sure there's some kind of rule where they have to be under a certain age or, or something like that. There's, I remember there being a specific thing that made it so I think you've got a chance. So I'd love them to do that because, again, youth and trading in terms of like younger players is very much what I'm doing at the moment. I just don't think there'll be that much of a pull for it. I don't think enough of the players that will actually be participating for the countries will actually be on the platform. Perhaps they'll just do like a bronze day or something like that. Don't get me wrong, I'd be all for it. Awesome, man. I mean, there's all the questions we have. That, that's been really fun. Yeah, no, I've enjoyed it. Like I say, thank you for sticking with me because I think this is the third time we rearranged it. So we finally got a date locked in. So no, thank you for having me on. Like I say, it's been a great opportunity because when I started on Football Index, your channel was very much like a lot of newcomers, a go-to for me. So to be able to give them the opportunity to provide content for your channel so early on, it is really encouraging, I think, for myself and then other new users as well because it shows, I think there's a lot of communities out there where podcasts like this, you don't get the opportunity to go on it being such a rookie. So. The fact that you obviously have invited me on to get the perspective of a newer trader um, just shows that how kind of knowledgeable you are about the platform and the kind of the matrix and, and, and what kind of makes up good marketing, really, because I think it's fantastic that you always look at guests which provide some kind of healthy debate or discussion, really. It doesn't matter how long you've been on the platform. It doesn't matter how long you've been trading. If you feel that there's a great discussion to be had, it very much seems like you invite them on. I'm still working my way through the three-hour podcast that was released last week. That, that's why I haven't actually got round to the one with Football Index Matrix that you did a few days ago because I'm still working my way through the monster of discussion that was the three-hour one with, I think it was Sam Friedmund or mm -hmm. something like that. Yeah, thank you. I really appreciate it. And thank you again for allowing me to rearrange a couple of times. <laughs> appreciate you coming on, man. And I really appreciate your kind words. Yeah, you know, if you fancy yourself on the pod, DM, reach out. I just basically follow you, stalk you, and then I just decide whether or not I think you'd be good for the show. Simple as that. There's not really a judge, a jury, or an executioner, really. There's just me, one man, and a Twitter account. So, uh, yeah, I really appreciate you coming on, man, and uh, best of luck with the scouting journey, as I said before we started. Yeah, it's really cool just, like, you know, upping roots and just deciding to do something that you love and being willing to, to grind and, you know, being so determined to, to actually kind of make it in that side of the world. So truly appreciate you coming on and, and giving up your time. Where can people find out more about you on Twitter? On Footlit. So I changed it the other day. I don't know why. I didn't like the footy. I think I was footy trader, Tom. But now I'm just 
FI Trader, or one word, FI Trader Tom. I intend down the line to be able to offer kind of more insight, but like I've kind of touched on in this pod, I'm very much new to the platform. So if you come, you'll basically just have a lot of tweets about Arsenal because <laughs> I'm an Arsenal fan. So basically Twitter is my school diary where I can go to and release all my thoughts and feelings that, that Arsenal has inflicted on me in the past years and what I'm sure definitely for the future. So you'll just see some good discussion in regards to Football Index. I watch a lot of football, especially a lot of French football, so I usually tweet about that. Like last night, if Ludovic Blas is having a great game, I'll be one of the first <laughs> to tell you. But yeah, just drop me a follow, drop me a message. If there's anything you feel that I could help you with, please do just pop me a message. I'm, I'm always willing to obviously this network. I think that was one of the main things as well for me about Football Index when I started the community on Twitter. Everyone, all you have to do is put, hi, I'm new to Football Index, and you just get a flood of messages <laughs> from new people, from old people who all reach out and offer that support and advice. So yeah, come find me on there and uh, reach out if you need anything, or just follow if you like depressing Arsenal tweets <laughs> and, and Football Index-related tweets. Yeah. Awesome, man. Thanks very much for coming on. Uh, if you guys problem, are man. commuting you. right now, have a great commute and hope it goes a bit quicker. You know, that the pods have scaled down from three hours since two episodes ago. So those kind of normal hour or so commutes or, you know, just above average ones are fitting perfectly. If you guys aren't commuting, doing whatever you're doing, washing your bathroom, cleaning your toilet, whatever it may be, <laughs> doing your garden. Who was it that said they were installing flat pack furniture? During the three-hour podcast, he said he listened to it end-to-end and managed to finish whatever he was building. That was quality. <laughs> Sorry if you didn't get to answer all your questions. Cheers for all the questions on the forum as well. Got plenty of them this time around, which is awesome. And just to remind you guys, Football Index is a gambling platform. Only bet what you can afford to lose and stop when the fun stops. Thanks very much for listening. Have a great day.